welcome to Ontario Outdoor Pursuit, your total Ontario hunting podcast. This episode of Ontario Outdoor Pursuit is brought to you in part by Titanium Archery Products. TAP specializes in high-performance bow accessories that are designed to improve bow control and accuracy in addition to reducing vibration and shot noise. TAP manufactures stabilizers, quick disconnects, and string stops, plus much more. Use discount code Ontario Outdoor Pursuit, no capitals, all one word, Check it out at TitaniumArcheryProducts.com for your 15% off purchase. Titanium Archery Products, not just another carbon copy. Hey strangers, welcome back to Ontario <laughs> Outdoor Pursuit. It's been a while since we've casted. It's been almost two weeks. Um, I guess everyone's kind of interested in what we do in our off-season now that off-season is here. Um, off-season for archery doesn't really exist for us. Ooh. There is not an off-season. Same as hunting, there's no real off-season. Technically, no, there isn't. No, right. like there's a uh, you know there's a time where you shouldn't and legally don't shoot animals, <laughs> but it's not really you sometimes shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding about that part. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to start this off with a huge congrats to Cello on his first place at uh, Four City Archery last weekend. He took home gold Thanks, for man. the 3D shoot. Thanks, man. Yeah, I finished first in uh, Bow Hunter Unlimited class, so. Yeah, unmarked, unranged. I was hoping to have Cam come out to that one, but you were your bow wasn't exactly ready yet. And due to the injury of my shoulder, yeah, and you pulled that your shoulder, definitely set me back some. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I I got a new sight, so I didn't have that set up yet. But give us a little rundown of how the tournament went. Uh, it was awesome. It was a pretty good turnout. There was uh quite a few people there. Um, people I've never seen before. People that I've run into before. Yeah, it was it was really good. There's they had a really good course this year. They had they usually do a nice spread where some targets are easier to shoot than others, and especially in unmarked, it's a relatively um, good course for all skill levels. And there was one shot which was a bedded buck at about forty two was a direct shot to it but because of the cut on the hill on the downhill it was about a 31 yard shot or 33 something like that i forgot off the top of my head but um yeah without a rangefinder it was a very very difficult shot to kind of think about on the spot so it was no it was an awesome course and um, well, i was happy to see a gold medal come through on my phone oh so. i didn't text yeah i didn't text you all day until the end of the tournament and then i just uh yeah, called twice my phone just blew up and yeah. i was like something's going down <laughs> i was like hey just took home gold for oop <laughs> no that's great you haven't shot a tournament for a little while yeah it's been uh almost a year unfortunately and we've been in lots of hunting uh we've been doing a lot of working a lot, a lot. too much working too much working so it's taken away a little bit um but yeah, that was great. We are headed to Woodstock this coming weekend, Saturday for 7.30 a.m. Yeah. And yeah, that'll be this weekend. That is a K-50 shoot. I believe it's, there's a K-50 class there. If not, we're doing um, Compound Unlimited, which is yep. the unmarked, which isn't a big deal. Like, whatever. And uh, I think we'll just slowly maybe keep following that circuit, see where it takes us. Yeah, I'd like to do the Chatham one. Yeah, and we'll definitely be doing the Chatham. Hopefully I can do the Dorchester one in two weeks, as long as, I forget if that's my cottage weekend. Yeah, my we'll be skipping the cottage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways, um, yeah, I guess we got a bunch of listener questions, which is awesome. Thank you. Um, if you ever do have a question, just you know, comment on a photo or shoot us a DM on Instagram. doesn't matter. Yes, Facebook, too. Be sure to check out those stories, because we always post some interesting jazz and yeah stories little polls did you, uh and... did you see the poll on hoyt versus Botech? this is the second time you did the poll i don't know if you need some sort of reassurance but oh okay no i just want you to know i that think it's every... just reassurance everyone i want you to know that everyone thinks hoyt's better but it's not everyone because <laughs> the votes go up with Botech. so it's we'll just hey, say it's reassurance. whatever helps you sleep better right? <laughs> um anyways yeah i'm gonna jump into these questions i'm gonna do yeah, most recent to yeah i'm just gonna knock to it okay we'll just keep hammering okay <laughs> <laughs> there's um, too much ridge reaper okay. going on right now okay i'm going through this right now real outdoors when's your next podcast it's right now yeah, right now is the, right now is the right podcast. This second this is wednesday we're podcasting <laughs> wednesday so thanks for commenting on that um it was kind of funny yeah you commented like right now uh vixen huntress you guys are nuts why well, thank you crystal you're nuts too um oh here's one from victoria your girlfriend uh, I wish Cam would look at me the way he looks at Marcello. That's pretty funny. I don't know if that's a question. That's more of a comment. No, I'm just going through these but, real quick. That's... Uh, thank you, my dear. <laughs> that's real nice. Um, okay, first one. Electric Fraser. 
pin gapping. Hold over, hold under. What works best for you and why? You want to take this over? You want me to? You can hammer it out if you want. Okay. So what he's mostly talking about. I'll is... reflect on it. Okay. <laughs> so what he's talking about <laughs> is if you use a fixed pin sight, you for shooting distances, you obviously can't range up and down. You can't move your sight. So pin gapping, hold under, hold over. So let's just say it's a twenty-five yard shot. Is he going to hold? his 20 pin over it or is he going to hold his 30 pin under it which one would work better i always liked putting my 20 pin high i liked gapping higher when i used fixed pin i don't have that problem now because since i shoot compound unlimited or in a k50 i can use a movable sight um i guess i could kind of relate to that uh always shooting not so much well i guess a fixed pin for uh for most sense yeah. Um, well, your old one was my fixed last pin. one. Well, yeah, I guess it was still a fixed pin, right? It was a three pin adjustable. Yep. But I still had my twenty, thirty, forty, and mm. on my in my case, doing a walkthrough of a three D shoot, um, I would be aiming a little higher on a twenty five with my twenty. Okay. So it's I don't know. It's to me, it's almost six of one, half a dozen of the other. But what do it's you? It's how you practice. Yep. That. But how do you like it? I I you, like I how like you, using my twenty. Okay, so let's. But if it's twenty-seven yards, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna use a thirty at low. Okay, interesting. So do yeah. you roughly go if it's five and under, you'd use the twenty. Yes. And over, you'd use absolutely. 30. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then it would work the same way, getting from my thirty to my thirty-five, forty yep. to my forty-five. Okay. And that's just the way I practice. That's the way that seems to be what works for me. I can yep. shoot knowing that pattern in my head. Yeah. No, that so. makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to put it. I think just practice, practice at what you like. Try both over under and see yeah. what works better for you. Yeah, and know where you're gonna hit. Like, try shooting twenty two yards instead of just twenty. See where your twenty yard hits. Oh, we have a guest guest in the podcast room. Yeah, guest Houston. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> Come on, upstairs. Let's go. So next goes to. Real outdoors, Cam's putting his dog away, which is really amusing to me. Um, we're just going to be back in two seconds. And we're back. <laughs> so, Real Outdoors, Cam, uh, this one's more for you than for me. Best spring and bear fall bait. Sorry, best spring and fall bear baits. And when do you start baiting? Uh, well, I start... Or when to start baiting, not wheat. I would start baiting as early as you can, whether it be spring or fall. I mean, you can keep the bait rolling throughout the summer if you're in close proximity to a property uh, for instance my grandfather always baited because uh, it was myself and another fellow that hunted his property so he would bait kind of from the spring to and it's not really that he was baiting because he wasn't hunting and he hasn't hunted for years but just something scrap like he you know he's an old feller so he keeps his bacon grease on in a little cup under the sink and he would just dump that out at the tree and that was that he left it the bears kept coming around there yep. was no hunting involved but i mean yeah that's just what he did um it was his property yep. and that worked out really good for us for the fall um now as you learned and that's kind of the way that i've stuck to it um in the spring i basically head up for four days and the night that i get there the first thing i do before i set up camp or anything else get the truck unpacked is get some bait out to the barrel. Okay. Um, I just want the sense there, and that's what I go for in a lot of the baits. Um, if something very stinky, uh, I haven't been a huge fan of fish myself. Mm -hmm. I believe that loses its scent more than it hangs around. So peanut butter that hangs around for a while, uh, the grease a little bit on the tree, that almost just soaks into the tree, and that stays there for a long, long time. Okay. Um, so it's, I don't know if you, if you got close access to get into your property, uh, bait as soon as you can. Yep. If you are like us where we're going on a several hour drive, sometimes you don't always get that opportunity. Okay. What, uh, now what baits do you use? I like bacon grease, chicken grease, blue. What was it? Blue poison, blue poison. Blue poison. And that's a, uh, a raspberry jello powder. Um, very sweet and the odd time I'll throw out some licorice or popcorn. Um, I usually do a couple loaves of bread, and I usually do 10 to 20 pounds of oats, and that's just going to be a little bit of fillers, lots of scents in there, 
and uh, a peanut butter jar. I always throw a peanut butter jar on a stick and okay, just let the stench of that. They can um, flop around with that jar. So to the last part of this question, do you do any difference for spring versus fall? I don't know. I do it like almost identical both spring and fall. Okay. And both have presented opportunities that unfortunately haven't worked out. Hey, Lionel's on the wall. Lionel's on the wall, yeah. But um, I don't know. It's something different every time. But I've uh, I've at least always seen bears on both hunts and for every hunt that I've done it. And this is only my third hunt, third or fourth bear hunt yeah. that I've ever done. So okay, right on. Um, to see bears every time is, I think, I would like to say I'm doing something right. Yeah, I think whether I take on. home, you know, I can get a little more picky now as I I want to be. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's my two cents for that. Okay. Um, second last question. So this is from the hunting blog on Instagram. Uh, expandable versus fixed blade broadheads for white tails. Unfortunately, he can't make the FCA tournament this year. His daughter's in a dance competition. Hopefully, she does well, man. Um, looks forward to the podcast. Awesome. So yeah, fixed blade versus expandables for uh, white tails. Well, sh- uh, for shooting white tails, I don't know. What do you think? I think both are going to kill a deer pretty easy. Hundred percent. I personally like shooting both. Yeah. As we noticed, I like the way both fly. We shoot, we both shoot uh, rage broadheads. Yeah. You're shooting the tripans this and year. And you're shooting hypo chisel tip. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Chisel tips and um, and every time the rage just produced the exit wound is unbelievable. Yeah, you just don't get those two inch cuts like you do on expandable. And I'm pretty sure. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. I don't know if it's mine no, you're or wrong. not. You're wrong. <laughs> Um, what ones are shooting a 2.3 inch cut? It, it's rage. I know it's rage. Uh, those might be the new tripans. It could be the new tripans. Yeah. Cause okay. they're pretty wide. And I know, uh, even the crossbow selection, they also have a 2.3 inch cut yeah. as well. It's huge. Like so, it's, it, I've never, and this, maybe this is just my luck or my experience, but I have never once shot an expandable into a deer and not killed it. I've never once had either. I can't say the same. Well, I can't say the same thing about fix. When I started, I had yeah. made a bad shot with a fix. That was my own problem that I did mm-hmm. something stupid. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But that be- <laughs> thanks. You did do something stupid, Marco. <laughs> yes, you did. I wasn't talking about me. I was talking about you. I didn't even know you, but you did something stupid. <laughs> so, but since I changed to expandables, obviously I'd shot a lot more at that point, but I just am addicted to expandables and I won't switch. Um, you're going to get better penetration with a fixed blade though. Yeah. Especially with something with a cut on contact, like a... Oh, what's the brand? G5 makes it. The Montec. The, the Montec. G, yeah. uh, G5 Montec. Tooth of cut, the Arrow. Yeah, Tooth of the Arrow. Same thing. Solid uh, cut on contact where that's going to have a deeper penetration. The, and why is that? Usually the point, because you're not using energy to open up those blades, right? The energy is just strictly going into cutting the wound. Yeah, it's fully set on the kinetic energy, that impact from arrow flight. Yeah. Hitting the animal. And I mean, I've had pass-throughs with rages, so I'm not saying it's like it just bounces off the animal. No. It's by no means am I saying that. But I do find that the fixed blades have better penetration. They're usually a little better for directly hitting bone, although rage has a chisel tip, which is meant for that. Mm-hmm. And that being said, there's... <laughs> oh, what is it? It's the... Oh, Rage has the plus P's, which are actually meant for um, lower poundage bows. Like, And this isn't meant to be sexist, but if it's a woman's bow, which is typically a lower poundage, or a younger kid's bow, um, there's a plus P model of the Rage broadheads. And what those are meant to do are those will actually penetrate a little deeper just because of the design of them. And I believe they have a little thinner cutting diameter. Um, anything else you want to add to that fix versus for white tails? Not really. That sums it up for me, and I hope it does for him as well. Okay. Um, did that was that it for our listener questions? There's one more actually. Let's hear it. Yeah. So our last listener question actually comes from uh, Devin Beatty, Mister D Bats, Mister D Bats, also known as Shrimp. So if you ever run into Devin Beatty on Instagram, please follow him and be like, "What's up, Shrimps?" Yeah, you gotta call him. Shrimps. Yeah, there's a good story to that one. Um. Anyways, so he asked. When buying a used bow, what should I look for, and what do I ignore? Give her. Wow, how far can you go with that? <laughs> yeah, let's not do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> um, 
well, you're going to want to find a bow suited to you. Obviously, the first thing that's going to stand out to me is comfortability. Right. Like, how does that bow feel in your hand? How does the grip feel? Um, you're going to want to look for the specific draw length for yourself. You want to look for the draw weight. Uh, don't go get something because you're a dude and your ego's too big for your freaking head. Don't go get something that's 70, 80 pounds when you can really only draw 50 pounds. Yep. Okay. Grab the 50, shoot it, get consistent, get comfortable, get your form down, then explore different weights. Um, draw length. Why don't you touch on draw length and proper measuring? Yeah. So there's two ways to do measurements for your draw length. One gets you very, very close. And the other one is completely accurate. The one that gets you close is if you take your arm span to put your hands wide out and you go middle finger to middle finger with the tape measure in inches, uh, take that measurement and divide it by two and a half. That's going to get you very, very, very close. Like I think doing that, I get like a 20, what do I get? Like a 28.4 something. So I mean, round it up to a 28.5, which is actually what my draw length is. Um, the other measurement has to do with you putting your left hand in a, if you're a right hand shooter, putting your left hand in a fist putting up against a wall and there's a measurement you do towards you but i mean the arm span one gets you really close i would say that those are the most three important things to look for yep um obviously depending condition. if you're if, i guess yeah condition yeah, right like, if you're not very skilled um and i mean i don't work on my bow too much myself odds and ends i do simple stuff i do obviously we always yep. do our own fletching and everything like that for our arrows yep. but anything major um both of our bows shoot very accurately very well we prefer that yeah we have a lot of the most subsequent stuff touched on by chris at antler river absolutely um he does a phenomenal job and he has worked on bows for years he knows them inside and out oh yeah bowtech hoyt matthews um he's just tip top and i really like that so if you're more knowledgeable um and things aren't as in good a condition and you want to work on it yourself, maybe you can lack a little bit, whether that yep. be, you know, you don't have to spend as much money. You get something for a little cheaper. If there's some strings that are ready to be replaced, um, obviously you don't want to get something that's got some bent cams because yeah. that's no good for anybody. You, yeah, your strings, you don't want them fraying and your cable's the same thing. Yeah. Um, um, if there's a splinter right down the limb of your bow, don't buy it. Also very important. Yeah, yeah. very important. Um, <laughs> Check the limbs for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to, well, I guess it depends because I've seen bows that are dry fired that there's nothing wrong with them. And yep. I've seen bows that are dry fired and they are F U C K E D. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say like, they look like the, you laid them beside a live grenade Yeah, and then the grenade went off. Yeah. And so, I mean, you can easily distinguish in that case, but, um, I don't know, get a good feel from the person. Hopefully, you know, the person pretty well. Like I yeah. wouldn't say Kijiji's the greatest option. No, um, I would agree. That being said, I did sell a bow on Kijiji. And, and... If, as you know, Cam's a very shady person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I told him and I said, I've, I've got this bow set up at the Archer's Nook. So if you want to go there, talk to them. I said, I'm, I was a frequent face in there and you can check it out and talk to them. You know, they'll tell you right away that nothing's wrong with the bow. It's a nice yep. bow. Um, but yeah, maybe check out the accessories would be something else. Like is the site adequate for you do you want to upgrade it yeah does it come uh, with a site even, does it right? come with a site does you it come with be, a stabilizer yeah and check i would check the full price of it brand new and compare it to what he wants because if he wants 90 percent of what that bow is worth if he off wants 75 percent, that is depends how much you want that bow yeah he better have bought that bow and never have shot it for yeah. him to get that so uh, I mean, relatively, I think it's no different than buying a used car. Like, I was going to say like half the price when you walk off the lot. Yeah. There's no reason the bow should be only $200 less because he's only put 30 arrows through it. Yeah. That's his own fault. Yeah. Right. As a buyer, absolutely. As a seller, I understand where yeah. he's coming from. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But you know what? Even you're fully reasonable with your bow. Oh yeah. I sold my old one for like half the price. Absolutely. And likewise, like, I don't know. There was nothing wrong with that. And my bow is a RTH. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. so Right on. Those are a few things I would check out. Um, yep. That's going to cover it for Devin. Devin, if you have any other issues, just call me. Yeah. Or call Marcello. Yeah. You and can, we'll you... probably lie to you so that you buy something. <laughs> that is not right. <laughs> I can, can you believe how much he paid for the bow in the site? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told him to. <laughs> that's funny. Um, um, so this whole episode is going to be geared for off season, which we don't have. So we're throwing that in quotations. Huge. Yeah. The off season. Off. On. Off and on. Ooh, 
<laughs> um, is tournament prep. We are in tournament season. Yep. Uh, I've never shot a tournament. So I guess a lot of people may want to know what we're doing for tournament prep. And yeah. actually tonight I want to just say that uh, prep pretty well goes right back to the basics yep. that you should do when you first get a bow. And I would think that carries on throughout the whole season. So um, tonight, Marcello just got a new rest put on his site, QAD. Yep. Um, and we did some paper tuning for it. So paper tuning something you want to do to make sure that your arrow and your fletching is going right through the paper. Yep. You're seeing your fletchings. You're seeing a bullet hole. You're not seeing any left to right movement. Right. So if you have a right tear, which means the center of so the tip of your arrow enters the paper and then the knock flies to the right that's called the right tear to adjust for right tear you move your rest to the left and i mean these are micro adjustments like you Very don't want to be minuscule yeah a little bit does a lot with the rest so if it, you have a right tear you move to the left you have a left tear you move to the right if you have an up tear which means your fletching came shot higher than your uh, field point you, there's a bunch of pictures online to see what those line to see what they look like if you've never done it. If you have a, a an up tear, you move your rest up, and if you have a down tear, you move your rest down. So it's opposites for your horizontal adjustments, but your verticals are actually in follow your arrow, or sorry, follow your tear. Um, that's a very very simple way to start tuning. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say that's the last tuning I do. If I was you know, if I was just a tree stand hunter that carried only about 30 yards and less, that's completely adequate. That'll get you your broadheads on. That'll get you your arrow flight. It's not a problem. It's just when you want to start doing longer shots, paper tuning isn't the most accurate thing for long distance. So after paper tuning, we usually do what's called a walk back tuning or hill tuning. Uh, I believe some people call it French tuning. I forget if that one's different or not off the top of my head. But basically for a walk back tuning, you shoot, um, you take a string on your target with a weight at the bottom. You hang it down so you have a vertical line. And then, so you shoot your target with, let's say, your 20 pin at 20. See where it hit. You want to be hitting or touching the line as close as you're, you know your grouping is. And then you want to step back to 30. Don't move your pin. Use your 20 pin again and see if it's drifted left or right. And if it's off, you're going to have to move your rest to adjust for that. So um, that's a very, very accurate way of tuning. And that's going to get you really good for downrange. I think that's great. <laughs> Thank um, you. And <clears throat> really, it's just, it's just practice. Like, if you're only picking up your bow, you want to do some tournaments. Um, if you're only picking up your bow once a week, once every two weeks. Once a week's okay. Yeah, I mean, it, I know sometimes time can be pressing. Um, for me, if it's, it's definitely at least once a week. If I can't do once a week, I'm making sure that, you know, even if I'm just shooting – um, you know, I say once a week as in, you know, I'm getting a 20, 30 up to 60 yards in. Yeah. If I can do that once a week, I'm happy, but I make sure that I'm in the backyard, at least shooting 20, I'm getting reps in so I can get the motion in and I can get that feeling of my draw cycle. I want to feel the repetition. I want my muscles to understand that this is going on all the time. Um, so lots of practice. Yep. If you have the opportunity to go to, to a 3d course, like four city archery in London, yep. um, that's a great walkthrough. That'll get you set for a 3d shoot. And what else would be great? Well, yeah, I think practicing, I think understanding if you're going to do a tournament, you've never done one understanding uphill shots and downhill mm -hmm. shots. That's a good one. Because practicing everyone always does flat ground shots. Even tree stand, uh, if you can. Absolutely. I always go out, like when I go out mid-season, I'm checking trail cameras. I'll take a target out with me, my bow, some arrows. And no, I'm not hunting, but I will set up a target for 20, 30, and 40. And I'll just shoot it from the tree stand just so I can get that feel of what it's like to shoot from 20 feet up yep. again. Because if you've never, ever shot... A downhill uphill I find a little more tougher for me, but downhill if you never shot one, it's completely different. You're not shooting the actual distance of you to the target; you're shooting the horizontal distance. Which, if you're doing a K50 where you're allowed a rangefinder, or a league where you're allowed a rangefinder, and it has an angle compensator, sure that's cool. But if you have a rangefinder that doesn't compensate you angles and it tells you it's 45 yards, but the actual shooting distance is like 38, you're not going to do so well. Yeah, um, I think that's a big one knowing your angles it's it's fun to shoot downhill and uphill though absolutely 
Um, especially if you're doing a little 3D walkthrough. Yeah, and especially if you plan on being a tree stand hunter because you're going to be doing downhill shots anyways. Mm-hmm. Unless you hang your tree stand like two two feet. <laughs> so kind of relevant to that actually. Um, yeah. We were going to talk a little bit about shooting under pressure. Now, this could be kind of hard to do, I guess, if you're definitely not in public, if you're just shooting, you know, you got a nice lot and you're shooting at home lots. Uh, Marcello and I are very uh, competitive in a sense. And I say that in, you know, Marcello's not shooting great. Cam's not shooting great. No, you missed the line. Yeah, it's no, like, you know, we're not hitting the line. Well, 20 yards, we're an inch and a half off and we're furious with ourselves. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? And, you know, at like 20 yards on a deer an inch and a half off, you're probably not going to notice if you're right in the center of those vitals. That's a great shot. But, you know, when you're shooting target, that's the difference between on a target, that's the difference between an X and a 5, which makes a big difference. And once we're out at 60, uh, a good example was just recently after I got the new uh, spot hog sight, um, you helped me set that in. So you set your 20, you step back to 60, take a few shots there and you had to reset your tape um so you're getting on at 60 and you're shooting good you're shooting six inch groups at 60 yards but i said and you were ready to walk away saying <laughs> yeah that's good and i'm like those aren't good groups i'm like we're not shooting six inch groups at 60 yards there's no way so i you know we chirped a little bit back and forth and he took a step back did a little more fine tuning and he got down to three inch groups at 60 yards that you can walk away with and say you're happy with. Thanks, man. <laughs> no problem. But that, it's like that's our push, right? That's our motivation yeah. for each other. And that's you know, the pressure if, thing. If you've for got us. someone that can help you push, yep, absolutely. get someone to help you do that. Absolutely. And I think the, you know, when you do get in that pressure scenario, like you said, you take a step back, mm-hmm. relax. If you're in the middle of a tournament, then whatever. I mean, yeah. you do have a like, you don't have to sit there for five minutes, take a breather. Yeah. But I mean, like you can. You can draw down and be like, okay, I need like three seconds. Just take a deep breath. Let's start the draw process again, and let's nail this board. Let's For me, an this. easy tune-out is uh, just going over the draw cycle in my head. Yep. Knowing that I draw, I find my anchor point, I look at my house, or I look at my housing, I look at my level, I'm on my nose. Yep. And as soon as all those things have gone through my head, you can be running your mouth behind me, and sometimes you do. <laughs> but I don't listen. Yeah, like, no, there's no. so many more things that yeah, yeah. have to line up for me to make the good shot. Yep. And, you know, maybe you guys can find something else that lines up for you guys to tune everything else out. Do you ever uh, shoot while listening to music, Cam? I do, actually. Yeah. And it doesn't really have to be settled music, I find. Now, next question. A little bit off topic, but it's where I'm going. Did you ever listen to music while you studied when you were in school? No, I hated it. Could See that? Not focus. That's weird because I, yeah, I'm the same. I hate music when I yeah. studied in college, but I also, when I'm shooting archery, I don't hate music, but I prefer to have, be dead quiet. I like, you know, just quiet. I don't mind shooting with music. Yeah. You turn music on, I'll listen to it. Sure. I don't put headphones in. That's for sure. No. But if there's music on in the background, yeah, I don't mind it. If it's a good song, you know, at Antler River, they got some tunes playing in the range. Yeah, and Luke, I don't mind it. It's little good. Luke Bryan in the background. Yeah, or not that Luke Bryan's a favorite by any means, but <laughs> he he's on, and yeah, I don't mind a little jingle going on. Right on. So why don't you give us um, a little bit of rundown on in quotations blueprinting your bow? Ah, yeah. So yeah, I was talking about this earlier, and. Yeah. Uh, Basically, I never really used to do this, but what blueprinting is, is um, I was talking to Chris from uh, Antler River, and he gave me some really good advice, and he's like, you need to blueprint your bow, and we were talking, and basically, you take your every single measure on your bow, so you take your actual brace hit. Like, I know on my... Um, yeah, ours, not what comes with no, not the what it's, tag. Yeah, not the manufacturer brace height, but what your actual brace height is. Write that down. Brace height equals this, whatever inches. Um Take your actual measurement of your axle axle, your ATA, not what it says the bow is, but what it actually is with your strings and cables on. Um, write down that measurement. You're also going to write down your, the other big one is your knock to your peep. So either the center of your knock to the center of your peep. You're going to write that down and keep that in a book where, you know, you, you're going to be able to have it if you need it. Um, the other things are to mark the outside of your limbs with the, in line with a piece on your cam and that's going to tell you if your cams come out of time or anything moves and so all of this is a if you buy a new bow you have your specs to make sure that your new bow can be as close as possible 
And B, if anything comes out of a tune or else and you're like, why am I shooting three inches high? Why am I shooting two inches high? What's going on here? You can just recheck all those measurements and be like, okay, this is off. That's what I need to fix. And I think that's a great thing to have because A, you're going to have more confidence in your bow if you check everything. And B, it's just, you know, it's practical to have. Absolutely. And I like that a lot. Yeah, it's something I never really thought about before. And Chris gave me that brilliant idea. He's like, you need to do this. And I was like, that's... And it makes total sense. Absolutely. There's no reason why anyone shouldn't do that. It's extremely simple to do. Just take a tape measure. And it's going to help you out a lot. Um, what else I want to ask you? Uh, uh -oh. Tonight, actually, we got into playing with some stabilizer weights. We did, yeah. So that's uh, when you buy a generic stabilizer, um, be it Fuse or you know a, a bow product, Hoyt or whatever Bowtech throws on, um, you don't get the opportunity because they're not uh, adjustable. Right. They don't usually don't have the threading or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Um, what we're shooting, the titanium archery product stabilizers, we can get adjustable weights. Uh, so why don't you brief on that a little bit? I know I got to check out a few different weights uh, tonight, and it was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, so I guess I just picked some up for myself to um, play with before the tournament. Yeah. And so basically I run a front bar and a back bar, not mm -hmm. just a front stabilizer, like a lot of hunting rigs are. You do that on both your hunting and... No, so I do take off my back bar while I'm hunting. Because... And why is that? Just less bulky? Yeah, it's less bulky. It's less weight to carry around. Yeah. And, I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, I, when I was in turkey hunting, I did take the... I had the back bar on me. But when we were at bear camp, I took it right off. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, what I'm getting at here is the... You can add front weight or back weight. And everyone's going to be a little different than everyone else. Like I like with my bow because I, especially because I have a hog father, which is an extremely heavy sight. I don't have as much front weight as some other people may need. I only run two ounces in the front and one ounce in the back. And that's a 12 inch in the front with an eight inch in the back. And for me, it holds really, really steady. And yeah, you just want to play with it. Either add some to the front, add some to the back, take some off the front. Uh, whatever you need to do to make you really confident in that when you're holding your bow, it feels really, really steady. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you got to play with that today. Mm -hmm. And I you... really like the two ounce additional yeah. in the front as well. Yeah. Um, I got to try the four ounce yeah. and I got to try the 22 inch, the 22 inch with four ounce. And that <laughs> was crazy. Yeah. Um, that brought out every little flaw, every little fluctuation in your hand. Yeah. And it was it was crazy. We had a pretty pretty windy night tonight. Yeah. I think it was thirty two kilometer an hour winds. Yeah. So but with the long ones, I find it's like once you're on target, it's pretty hard to get off. Like it's, absolutely, it does not want to leave. It's, it's but hard I felt to start nice it. with the two ounce. I I like yep. the two ounce. I definitely like the four ounce. Um, my shoulder was bugging me a little bit just due to the injury that I just recently had. But um, I'll be adding some additional weight on there quite soon. Um, and I'm gonna get the four and two so I can play around with myself, see what I really like better. Yep. That makes sense. Um, what else did we play around with tonight? Uh, new rest, like I said, like you said, I got the new QAD HDX, yeah. which is in green and black, of course, and looks really pretty. It's like Christmas when we're shooting side by side. Yeah, black and red and black and green. Yeah, I love it. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, anyways, I know you had some other points that you wanted to bring up tonight. Yeah, uh, actually, because kind of relative to our off season because that's what our podcast is about uh -huh. um constantly eating wild game um pretty well right after your harvest yeah up until it's freaking gone yeah you know say that's now like i am getting you know i got about 10 pounds of ground meat uh venison left but it's down to the nitty-gritty so you know what do you do at that point yeah, I, I think my – maybe this is weird You don't to want to savor it because it's so no. good. And, and I don't remember the last time I bought grocery store pork. No, and I, I, don't, I don't mean this to sound cocky, but my goal is to run through all of my meat before the season hits because I know I'm going to fill some meat in that freezer. Yeah, you got it. I don't I, – and I don't – I'm not saying I'm going to shoot a deer every single year. I've been really fortunate with that, but I know I'm going to shoot geese. Yeah. I know I'm going to shoot ducks. I know – Chances are, if I don't go moose hunting, I'm probably going to get a deer because I'm a lot more focused on just deer hunting because it's a big deal. Because if mm -hmm. I don't get a deer, there's no red meat mm -hmm. or there's no big game meat. Right. Um, so I like to run through that as much as possible in the summer. And I mean, variety. I like having variety in. Obviously, yeah. you just listed it off. But yeah, I, I love it. 
having um, a little bit of uh, bears, you know, a bear roast to a venison roast is totally different. Oh, so good. And yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. Um, but you don't make a steak cut on a bear like you'd make a steak cut on a moose or yeah. a deer. Okay. So, you know, those are different kinds of things. I like to have goose sausages. I love, I don't really care for venison sausages too much. Yeah. I eat them myself. Uh, my girlfriend, she's not interested in those ones, but loves the goose sausages. Which is really interesting because most people yeah. don't like geese. I know. I remember I was talking to a fellow, older fellow named Dan at uh, Forest City. And I heard some honks over the club one day. And I was like, oh, get the shotguns. You know, just making this little joke. And he goes, you couldn't pay me to eat those. And I was like, you've never had the goose sausage I make. Like you've, mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way. Like goose is delicious. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nope. Um, but some people just don't like it. Some people are just really against some kinds of meat. And I, I, I know this is, this is more off topic, but I think it's some people just don't know how to cook properly. And that could very well be. Yeah. But anyways, we've both been told we're quite good cooks. Oh yeah. Cam had a wonderful little housewarming. Yeah. Housewarming party this weekend. Um, you had some family and friends over. Yeah. I think we had almost 40 people. Okay. Right on. And, uh, yeah, we made some goose sausage for everyone yeah uh what else did you make that was uh victoria's mom brought some pork burgers okay um and we had some pork there sausages was, there was also a uh, veggie burger there yeah that was you want to talk about that no not really it <laughs> wasn't for me absolutely not I, i'm surprised i even allowed that on my grill but i let it happen <laughs> we were joking about smothering it in like <laughs> the beef uh whatever yeah, we got off the grease. beef patty yeah so all that food stuff kind of brings me to talk about Kickapoo Spices, if that's cool. Um, yeah. Cam, you want to touch in on Kickapoo? Um, well, for the people that follow along, I guess you would hear about the Kickapoo Spices that we get to use for uh, grilling. And Kickapoo is actually uh, Ontario made. Yeah. And by hunters. By hunters. For hunters. For hunters. It's <laughs> great. I love that. I didn't tell you. Ray actually uh, took the slogan. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, nice. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ray's a great guy. They make a great product. Yeah. Um, it's actually a relatively healthy product for a set of spices. Yeah. Very little to no sodium. Yep. So we're not going to go too much into them because, yeah. you know, there's going to be something in the future. But Ray and his wife, Allison, own Kickaboo Spices, which is made here in Ontario. And we wanted to give them a shot of trying them because, you know, it's made in Ontario. And we thought, well... You know, there's no it's geared hunt. towards hunters. He, yeah, the, the fact that he reached out and the way he reached out was yeah. stood out to us. We yeah. really like when people reach yeah. out to us. And they're, like you said, it's low sodium on the spices, which yeah. is very important to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And they're, they make, you know, the seasoning packs for the sausage. They make their seasoning packs. We also put on baked potatoes. We put it on yeah. steaks. We do like a dry rub with it. We've yeah. done... There's a jerky There's a jerky mix. Yep. There's a regular meat juice. Yep, which is like a steak sauce marinade. Yep. Oh, and it's, God, it's delicious. Good. Everything that makes delicious. And the thing is, I can't get over how affordable they are. Uh-huh. You know, it's $9 for a pack of this seasoning. Um, so you can go to Kickaboo Shop. It's not like your little taco mix pack for two bucks in the grocery no, store. No, not at all. Like, this is going to last you a little while. Yeah, and it's uh, kickabooshop.com, or you can find them on Instagram. And that's K-I-K-A-B-O-O. Yep. I had a really brain fart there. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ray. Um, but yeah, Kickaboo Spicy, you can go there. And the really cool things, we were talking with them, and, you know, we talk about how affordable it is, and it's yeah. $9 or $10 for one pack of seasoning, which is unreal. But, but now everyone at uh, who listens to Ontario Outdoor Pursuit is going to be able to get 10% off of their purchase. Yeah, which is sweet. So which if is you're a hunter awesome. You like to cook. Definitely, if you got a Traeger or a Pit Boss, this is right up your alley. Absolutely. So all you got to do is go to kickabooshop.com and don't go to kickaboo.com. It's not the one you want. Go if you can't find it, it's kick, just search in Google Kickaboo Spices. And what you're gonna do is you know click the items you want, put them in your checkout, and when you get to your checkout, go put type in K I K A, which is Kicka in lowercase capital OOP for Ontario Outdoor Pursuit and you're going to be able to get 10% off your purchase which is I can't stress how well priced these things are before the discount mm-hmm. and now because of the discount there's really no reason to buy it yeah pretty much you're getting a way better spice a healthier spice and yeah. you're not supporting food basics no you're not supporting some huge company that doesn't care about hunters you're supporting guys that 
guys, you know, husband, wife that actually hunt yeah. that actually are from Ontario and make a freaking awesome blend of spices. Shoot Ray a message on Instagram. He'll shoot the shit with you back. The yeah. guy like, loves to chat. Yeah. If you want to know more uh, details about it, then just shoot him a message. He's so down to earth, you know, talking with him over Instagram, talking with him on the phone. Um, really down to earth guy. We really appreciate him and we like where he's going with his company and we're <laughs> so happy and proud to support him. <coughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you, Ray, for giving us that opportunity and I hope uh, you guys will utilize that as well. Um, so I want to, we're kind of mid season. Um, this is when all the major work happens. So we kind of done a cast, um, geared towards looking for deer hunting properties and pretty well every other type of hunting, fall hunting, uh, scouting situations, but we'll just kind of brief on it and talk in a few other points that we wanted to mention. Yeah. Just um, little reminders so, during the season. Yeah. Scouting. Um, now is kind of the time I like to go about three weeks earlier than where we sit right now. Um, you get in there when there's not as much foliage, you can see a little bit more of what the bush has to offer or the land. Um, and it's a little bit easier for finding your spots where you're going to put a food plot, where you're going to put a salt lick, where you're going to start trimming bushes, where you're going to start hanging stands. Um, it's a lot easier to do when the foliage isn't as nice as it is now, yep. but it doesn't mean to say that it can't be done now and no. you're still not too late to get your food plots in. Yep. If, so, you, if you couldn't do it until now, there's nothing wrong with doing it. Yeah, now. absolutely. Get out there and scout. Look for where the deer are. The deer are feeding. There's lots of uh, yearlings running around with the mothers right now. Yep. And it's a great sight to see. Uh, I hope that Everyone was able to see the Instagram post we made um, about that cute little fawn that I had come across. Uh, my girlfriend and I went on a little hike here yeah. in town. You can see it's the little antlers we wore. There yeah, it was in. a little little buck, Yeah, which was great. Um, you know, just leave them. Uh, it is a myth for people who think that if you touch it, the mother's not going to come back. That's not true. She will come back, but she's going to be more scarce. She's not going to want to hang around as long, and it'll be longer before that she comes back. Yep. So, um, given the high increase in numbers over the past two years now that we've seen in coyotes, that's probably not best case to be handling the fawn. You don't need to handle it. Yeah, Just leave her alone, it. leave what him a... alone Yeah. and, uh, you know, carry on your way. It's a beautiful thing. So let's let it be, let's let it grow and let it grow. Let it grow. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us have kids and it's kind of weird that we know that, but yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> my friend, my, my friend's kids and, uh, yeah, yeah right. Um, um, so, you know, kind of scouting properties, Yeah. check out the earlier on podcast. Do you remember what number that was? I think it was two or three. Yeah. It was, was called maintenance, like uh off season maintenance. Yes. But, um, but we didn't, I don't think briefed on the cameras for, Buck no, Rose, but I do so. want to say if you haven't found a property yet, um, and you're trying to push it till later in the season, cause you're like, Oh, I want to see some don't, antlers. Someone else will. Don't, yeah. Do it right now. Like now's the, almost the perfect time to start scouting drive by a property and if you see it and you want to ask for permission from the farmer just do it yeah. you know um, if he says no it, it's like you said you did say earlier in a podcast if you or maybe it was steve if you don't ask it's already a no yeah so unless you're some sick poaching doesn't ask for any permission person it's a no because you're not going to be on there yeah so now's a good time to be hanging uh cameras for bucks to yeah. see antler growth uh they're Getting just between two and six inches for a lot of bucks, which is great. Um, well, this year we've seen them over already. Yeah, it's. I was saying to Marcello that I haven't really seen this type of growth this early on. Like we're just in, we're still in what week two of June. Yeah. Or just getting on to week three of June. Yeah, we're just it's thirteenth. Yeah. Okay, so we're in week two of June, and the growth for some of the bucks that we've seen yep. is quite substantial. A lot of deer are getting big at this stage yeah. in the game. The owner of Antler River was showing me a photo the other day. I think it was probably, this is probably over a week ago. It was already, the velvet was already six inches tall and probably wow. eight to nine inches wide. And that's great. I, I mean, mean, he has some big deer in his property, oh, yeah. but like it's, it's cool to see him already. It's nice. And if you don't have those cameras out, you don't get to see it. But uh, now's the time where you can kind of monitor some of the bucks that you were able to see last year, you can kind of see some development. Some you won't see development in their antlers. 
and you can kind of gauge if that buck made it through the winter if you know like for instance one of my properties has uh, a large coyote den and i've got more than pretty close to half a dozen coyotes on that property so there's been a scared scared number of deer yeah and i would love to you know based on work i will be hanging stands probably within the next week yeah um to see which bucks made it through cameras you'll be hanging cameras i'll be hanging cameras you said stands i don't mean stands not yet august i was gonna say if you want to hang august i always hang in august you can hang stands now but i don't know how you're gonna see antler growth yeah <laughs> with the stand yeah i mean you can sit in the stand if you want take photos but yeah i still can't shoot them nope not yet and while you're hanging hanging those cameras you can get <laughs> out some supplements yep um you want to talk a bit about supplements yeah, um, well, I just wanted to add quickly because we never actually mentioned it, but when you talked about the Coyote property, I remember yeah. now. So we had a camera up at your property yeah. just for fun and through the winter, and we saw a few does on camera, um, possible few bucks. It was really early in the year when it was still up. And I think I counted 21 different coyote sightings. Like, it could have been repetition. Videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it could have been, you know, it could have been one 24 times mm-hmm. or 21 times, but... It, it was obviously more than that, but there was this one that kept coming back almost every week. And he, we had a mineral block out every freaking week. He would come and piss on that mineral block. He did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. That's funny. I took <laughs> videos. So he would walk over to it. He would sniff it. He would lift his rear leg and pee all over the mineral block. Yeah. And then the last time he did it that I saw about three days after he peed on it last, he walked over and took a big old bite out of it and started eating the mineral block. What a character. Oh, I was dying laughing. I was like, like you know, that's why I, li- I like having cameras up for that reason. You get to see some really cool stuff. Yeah, you don't get to see that stuff usually. Not usually. Um, so supplements. Anyways, yeah, Talk supplements. on supplements because we got a cool new thing. Yeah, so we are, this year are trying out, uh, it's called Buck On. Mm-hmm. And like how we always say we do, we like to support Ontario companies. So it's a company from Ontario. Um, it's owned by a guy named Jarrett, who's a really chill guy, really easy to talk to. Um, he has some really, he has a very good sense of what should be in deer feed and at what in times supplements. Of year. Yeah. And what times a year, um, he makes a plot, I, know, I think a few different plot food mixes. He makes that, which is really awesome. We picked one up that we we're going to try out and he also, uh, we also got from him the oh help me out here the mineral supplement yeah. yeah so those are things that we're really looking forward to trying to to you know see how it does and obviously it's better to supplement later than it is to not supplement at all it's better to supplement earlier though to have mm-hmm. it there but it's a company from Ontario we're gonna see what we think really relatively um, good pricing I like where they come in on the product lines and reading the ingredients on it and the mix blends for the C's for the plot is a hell of a lot better than what you see at your local TSC. Yeah. Um, you know, these big brands that just want to pump out product that I've only know. ever been a fan of one and that's rack stacker, Steve Elmy's product. Okay. Uh, which is also Ontario. Okay. Tweet Ontario. Yep. Um, that makes another great product, but no, I agree with you. There's lots of shit on the shelves, and it's just like Ooh. what you buy. Your Hashtag shit on the shelf. Shit on the shelf. <laughs> I like that. We won't use that for the products that we're using. <laughs> no, but I mean, shit on the shelf. That's really funny. Um, but no, completely. Like, there's products yeah. out there that are just that's garbage and that just want to make money off you. And I think educating yourself to what should be in a proper deer feed, as far as it goes for. You know, calcium intake, zinc intake, protein intake, that's really important. And I'm not an expert by any means, but if I see things that are commonly accepted by big names in the industry that I have felt that I can trust now, I'm more inclined to try these guys out because they're saying the same information, which it tends to be good information. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So that's a cool thing that I'm excited for those products. Yeah. No, I... Totally agree. Yeah. Um, the Ontario products really make me happy. It does. It's nice to support local. Yeah. Actually, I just, and local <laughs> as in the same country too, um, there's a archery store out in Saskatchewan that came out with the signature coffee blend. I was like, you know what? I want to give this a shot. Like, why not? So I ordered a new one. Um, that should be here roughly soon. Yeah. You'll have to let me know how that is. Well, well you'll be mixing up a pot upstairs. Yeah. I'll be mixing. I, I actually bought two bags. Nice. So. Yes. 
<laughs> that basically everyone means one's for me. Marcello does these nice, cute little things. Um, I I never once said one was for you. I just said I bought two bags. <laughs> I know, but the intent was there, and I could completely feel where you're coming. Sweetheart, from, settle so. down. That's not what I said. <laughs> um, well, that that kind of covers those topics. I want to talk about. Um, we kind of mentioned some prep lists for our bear hunt. Um, we're going to continue to do that for our deer hunt, for our moose hunt. Yeah. Talk about um, the moose hunts a big one because yeah. it's a far, uh, it's a really far trip. Lots goes into it. Right? Yeah. And if we were doing a guided hunt, it would kind of be, you know, we wouldn't be as worried. We wouldn't be. No, but when we do things ourselves, like we always do. And, um, there's actually an interesting point. We, we had a phone call last night. We were just talking to each other, about random, um, random shit back and forth. And I said to you, I said, you know, I'm not interested to do a, uh, a guided hunt. The only guided hunt I would do is a snow goose hunt. And that's because of the amount of decoys you need. And I've never hunted snow geese. And I have no idea really what I'd have to do for snow geese. With moose and stuff, I don't know. Big game just makes more sense in my head than birds. Waterfowl, I kind of understand. You've been around the same waterfowl species that, you, yeah. you know, you've... Yeah, but a snow goose one, from years. what I've heard, is you need hundreds of decoys, which yeah. I'm not willing to go pay for just to try it out yeah um so i mean i would pay for that guided hunt that'd be kind of yeah. cool maybe someone can take us on a free one i would do that too <laughs> um won't mention any names <laughs> but uh yeah and you you straight up were like i don't think i would pay for any guided hunt like no. i don't i would never pay for a guided hunt is what i'm saying no i i mean it's it's cool i won't knock someone else no. doing it but it's i take pride in not doing i it. do and even if i'm unsuccessful i mean we went bear hunting and the fact that I mean, you didn't get to see any, but between me and Steve, we've seen four bears. What are you talking about? Us fox hunting the whole time. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what you I shot for. my target animal. <laughs> <laughs> you came home a successful hunter. Um, but no, that experience for Steve, I think that's something. Steve is so new to hunting, and the fact that he got to experience that so early in his hunting um, career, his yeah. hunting life, that's amazing. Like, I, I'm set. Like, that yeah. that was successful enough for me. Absolutely. For I, sure. I love seeing people get into it. And this weekend, uh, Shrimps is coming down. I get to build Shrimps' bow yeah. this weekend and get it all ready for him. Um, and he's getting into – he's shot archery before. Yeah. He's not completely new to it, but he's just got his hunting license. He just got his pal, which, you know, it's good to have if you're a hunter. And, you know, it's it's awesome to see someone, especially a good friend, get into something that you're so oh, passionate huge. about. I was it's, so fired up when Steve Oh, heck yeah. It. Absolutely, and so to take those guys, Shrimps and uh, Steve. Steve up. Yeah, Steve, I didn't forget your name. So you're having a rock go. You know what? It's just the the tables have turned, and I like this. <laughs> I think it's the programs just being like our recording program today is just being a real pain in the ass. It has nothing to do with the Tito's and White Freezies. Has nothing to do with those. Those are really good though. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll touch base on what that is after, I guess. Oh, we never really talked about it. We should call them White Lightning. Oh, my God. What is it with these names you're coming Isn't up with? Isn't that awesome? I don't mind White that, actually. White Lightning with setting out Blue Poison. Oh, we're getting so off topic because of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just get you know, people you care about and people, like, things that you're passionate about, getting them into it is awesome. And to take Steve and Shrimps up for a big game hunt yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah so remote on with everything loaded in the truck and having to set everything else up ourselves is going to be amazing and mm -hmm. i love just seeing someone's face their first time up north north yeah it's great it's a cool experience man and i'll say it if i have to say it and every i don't think you can get those experiences doing guided hunts it's so no if they've got it down to a science and that's great because there's yeah. so much time and effort put into it but yeah. it's just not for me no, and and I mean they're. Ex I really do. Ex I respect guides more than I have ever mentioned. Like I, I really do respect guides because those guys' jobs are basically to have a successful hunt every single time they go out. Mm -hmm. Whereas you know when I go out, I'm not successful every single time, especially for big game. Yeah. But you know that their job is literally to take you out and be successful every single time. Yeah. And that takes a lot of skill, a lot of for dedication sure. to do. But I mean, like for myself, for actually being the one who's being guided, I feel like I could take a lot of shortcuts. Yes. There's guys there that are willing to do all the work for me. And there's guides out there that will, you know, walk you through to what's going on, what they, what they're really doing. And you can mm -hmm. learn a lot from them. That's cool. But at the same time, it's, I, I like learning things myself, you know? Yeah. Um, 
maybe that's just the way I am. I think it's the way you are. Like, absolutely. I don't want someone holding my hand through life for everything I do, no. especially no, I like learning the hard way. I always have, and sometimes yeah. it's unfortunate, and sometimes it does me good. So yep. I'm gonna keep keep that up. Yeah. First time I picked up a bow, I mean, I loved it, I and mean, then it was like I was a shit shooter, and I learned a lot of mistakes by myself. And then eventually, <laughs> you get to a point where you can ask for some tips here and there, sure. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's just I don't know how to explain this. It's just it's something that I'm passionate about to do on my own Mm -hmm. and like you said even if i'm not successful i'm and successful in the sense that i didn't harvest an animal Mm -hmm. i have one hell of a good time and i love and i learn a lot absolutely especially from bow hunting uh while we're into back to bow hunting um i actually good transition this is a transition (laughs) i um i wanted to talk about it a bit before just uh some maintenance because we we like sorry i'm munching hard Cam has some a, nibs. If you guys ever are like, oh, I wonder if we can send these guys some products, Cam would love to get some nibs. Yeah, if anyone's got a hookup for nibs. <laughs> like the little okay. Twizzlers. Yeah. Yeah, Cam has a sick fetish and twisted addiction to them. That's great, man. Any little bit of candy, chocolate, it's what good. What is wrong with you? <laughs> hey, man, ever since you said I could hunt in a tree stand, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> nibs. All you can day. hunt in a tree stand. Oh, that and You're allowed, you time. are allowed to hunt in a there tree stand. <laughs> This is basically how shooting goes. One little brain fart turns into Chirp City. Anyway, I'm going to keep eating my nibs, but um, some maintenance. We talked about how we like, because our bows are so fine-tuned and we shoot so well with them after they're fully set up. Me and you are constantly changing parts, it seems like. I'm done. I'm done now. now. I'm done now. We're both done, but it seems like, no, I'm done. And then you're like, no, I'm done. And then you get something new. It's like, oh, that's cool. I want to get one of those. So I get one of those. And it's like, okay, now we're for real done. But no, I think we are both really done. We're both yeah. really happy with everything. Yep. Um, so in our bow maintenance, um, obviously keeping the strings tip top. I was, was going to say, do you want to talk about some daily maintenance, like stuff that people should be doing every day? Yeah. Okay. Um, um, straight out of the bow case, check your strings and cables. Like, 100%. Easy. Check that. Make sure um, nothing got hung up. Make yeah. sure nothing's twisted. If you need to Waxing add a little... huge. Exactly. If you need to add a little wax after you shoot or right before you shoot, go yeah. for it. It's not going to hurt it. Um, you know, that's a really important thing, working the wax into the actual strands. Don't just rub it on there and that's it. You know, mm-hmm. heat it up in between your fingers when you rub it and it'll actually melt into the strands, which is what you want. It protects from dust and moisture and yeah. prolongs the life of your strings. Um other things like any weird sounds that are coming from your bow that you've never Something heard before. Loose, rattling, checking yeah. bolts, making sure your sight's yeah. good. Give it a shake. I think most people should be able to identify where the sound's coming from, yeah. like the general direction. But if they don't know their bow so well, it's like, well, what's that? Mm-hmm. And if you hear that and you're, I mean, you should be a little bit concerned about weird noises. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your local pro shop, just bring it and be yeah. like, hey, I don't know what this is. And most times if it's something super simple, they're just going to be like, oh, it's this give it a quick fix they're not even going to charge you yeah you know if it's like a three second fix that you just yeah. didn't catch it's not a problem um that's a big thing you know check it out this time of year too actually i wanted to make that point was um anything more in depth i noticed we'll both start to tinker with things a little bit more now yep as soon as we are a week or so out of hunting season there is much less tinkering that comes from us and more so from the shop and that's just because we're so happy with it. Um, you know, maybe if there's something we don't have the same knowledge that we believe in ourselves. And we'll take those things to give to Chris. And he can kind of deal with the things that'll just set our minds off of it. We can still sleep at night. We can basically go pick our bows up and take off where we left off. Yep. Um, that's kind of our maintenance through now and through the hunting season like i yep. said we'll we'll play with things a lot more now because we're yeah. both always looking to learn new things we hear new things uh what james had mentioned to us and chris had mentioned to us was just writing those little things out that you mentioned before yeah, your aza your actual brace height um little stuff like that that's all kind of good maintenance to have um arrows scoping over your arrows we yep. got rolling eight. them to see if there's cracks on them. yeah like, we got eight new arrows here right now i got some and as well as i got a couple for steve made up and that's just from wrecking arrows shooting good or shooting real bad <laughs> and actually um you taught me something new for my new arrows which is pretty sweet and that's how to oh. float your arrows so yeah a little float test yeah and you that, go over it because you did it for your first time okay uh so fill your bathtub up you don't yeah. have to put your little bubbles in there um <laughs> 
And basically, you're just going to gently set the arrow down in the water and... You're forgetting one thing. You did it last night. No, I... Well, you can tape it. It's not yeah. always, like, you yeah. didn't tape yours the first time, no. but you did get it, uh, water in your arrows. Yeah. So, I'm going to tape mine just to kind of get away from that problem right away, but uh, that's just taping the end where the field point would be. So, you'll gently set the arrow down in the water and the heaviest side of the arrow is going to automatically go to where the water is yeah go down basically submerge yep. if yep. you will and the lightest side will be facing up so with that being said grab a marker probably not a black permanent marker because you're not going to see it too well is that what you did no i did not <laughs> i grabbed a silver one um and put a little mark right at the end of where the knock would be Right. Um, the carbon to knock. Yeah. Right. So if you're going to have a fletching, you can still see it. If you're going to leave a little one eighth or three sixteenths gap, yep. you'll still be able to see that point. So when you go to fletch your arrows, when you go to put your, um, your cock feather up in the jig, um, you're going to line that up with the silver mark yep. or whichever you have. Um, now when you do this, you're going to want the jig, um, how do how do we call that like the indent for which your knock is going to sit in in the jig you're yep. going to want that to be in line and vertical with the magnet or however your jig lines up yeah so once you go to put that cock feather on you know you are square to your knock yeah basically yeah what you're saying is the throat of the knock should be right where that dot is you put yes for every single arrow every single arrow which provides consistency and this is going to allow you know any little thing, especially since we're shooting a lot further distances now, yep. um, all those little things, at least if I'm going to be inconsistent, that consistency is going to be constantly inconsistent throughout my whole dozen arrows. Yeah. And that, yeah, like you're constant. It's a, the one consistently inconsistent. inconsistent to the point where it's not inconsistent. Right. Which it should be, which not. is consistent. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Um, so that's one real cool trick that I learned, um, yep. and I'm happy to have that. That's, you know, something a little bit more perfected as I'm going out into the field. Um, and I'm going to get my hunting arrows that are going to be set up as well. So I'm going to have a few just set aside strictly for shooting tournaments. Yep. And there are the same arrows. I'm still shooting the Eastern Bloodlines. I've had much luck with them. Yeah. I you love the way they a, shoot. I was going to say, you almost bought another pair, another set. Sorry. I, I was torn between a couple. Yeah. I really wanted to try out the ACCs. Okay. And I really wanted to try out the Axis. Which is all made by Easton. Exactly. So um, what, what made you go with the Bloodlines again? Just, it's what I've shot for the longest time, and it's kind of like one of those, it's not broke, so don't fix it. Um, yep. I shoot well with them. They I've got the right weight set up for them, and I, you know I haven't shot bad with them yet. So yep. now, that being said, seeing your Axis, um, I totally love them. Yeah. But and, they're green. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what are the inserts called for those? That oh, the HITs, the hidden insert technology. Technology, right. So advanced. And what this HIT is, it's basically a smooth shaft throughout the whole arrow to the very end of your field yeah. point. There's no shoulder like you would have on mine between the field point and the actual yeah. carbon. The um, whole insert's inside of the yeah, shaft. Yeah, and... They're amazing for pulling out of targets. My yeah. God. Yeah, I like because you don't have that little. I feel like when you're pulling on a normal insert, it's just like a little. You get your arrow and then it sticks for a little bit yeah. and then you got to pop it out. And with the HITs, it's just a. It's a very sleek, pull. clean look. Yep. Um, there are also a five millimeter diameter. Yep, because I shoot the five mils. They do yep. have a six mil. Yep. I don't know if the Axis does, but I know Easton also makes a four mil. Yeah. Which is um, a little small. Yeah, those would be the injections. Yeah, injections do have a four mil, a but four I don't know if there's injections. an. I think the axe or the FMJs also make a four mil. Okay, I don't 90... think the axes do because there's the five mil, there's a six, yep. and then there's the five mil match grade. Yeah, I think the six mil comes in match grade as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to stick with the bloodlines for a little bit until they start exploding on me, which they haven't really yet had one mishap no although concrete but i do have to say i am impressed with the black eagles watching yeah. dan shoot his yeah our buddy dan shot and cost effective <laughs> yeah our buddy dan shot he was he was like two he was sitting in his bow and tuning it so i mean it's not him he's a very good shot but what happened was he was sighting in and 
smoked this tree branch. Air was fine. Um, deflected off another branch into the ground. Air was fine. Like, it's a lot of abuse on that arrow, and those uh, black eagles held up really well. So, I mean, I, I really like that. I'd like to look into those one of these days. Mm-hmm. But for now, I'm happy with my Eastons. I would agree. Awesome. So, so I think that wraps up episode number... 14. Nailed it. So we are going to do something a little bit different for episode number 15. And we'll post a poll shortly in the next couple of days. Ooh. Um, about what you guys would like to see. It's going to be a little mix up. Still be a podcast. There'll still be... We'll still do It'll our, still be recorded, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but we're going to pull something a little bit different. And always, if you guys want to hear about topics, if it's something we've gone over, something we haven't touched on, commented on a photo, doesn't matter, message us. We'll talk about it. We'll give you the shout out. And uh, if for people that are just new to listening, if you guys have a cool new product that you know, you'd like to get out there, We'd happy be happy to check it out. And yep. try it out. And yeah, and see if there's a, if there's a product that you're thinking about buying, and you don't know about it, uh, or you don't know you've never <laughs> shot it, that we've used a lot of products. Heck yeah. So I mean, we have if, used a hell of a lot of products. Yeah. So if I mean, if you want us to say our opinion on it, and we'll be honest, if we've never used it, we'll we'll say it. But um, chances are we've probably tried something like it. Very close. So I'd like to yeah. If you guys want to have any questions with that. Um, thanks for everyone to writing on that Instagram post. That was great. We had a lot of questions. Yes. We will love that. Um, there's a few DMs, which are awesome. And we like having those interactions with everyone. So, um, you know, to conclude, everyone check out Kickaboo Spices. Use that promo code. That's going to get you 10% Kick-a-O-O-P. off. Kick-A-O-O-P. Yeah, K-I-K-A. Yeah. O-O-P. Yeah, for the promo code. Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, babe. Way too much singing in this podcast. So, anyways, yeah. Anything else you want to add, Cam? No, that wraps it up for me. All right. Get back at the work grind tomorrow, and we will be out getting a little more prep in for the weekend tournament this weekend. Yeah, and hopefully we can talk about that because that'll be your very first tournament. Yeah, it'll be great. I am super excited. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone, everyone, for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys soon.